all the chief justices, we, most of our conversations dealt with this issue. It's so important that the chief justice uh, are looking for solutions. And uh, we, we discussed that, and it was, it was decided that I would write to the, uh, to the prime minister and to alert him of the serious consequences of these uh, lack of appointments in due time. There you go. That is a week ago when the country's top judge, Justice Wagner, demanded the prime minister hire judges. Hire judges that they know that they have to hire, 80 of them at least. And what are you waiting for? is what I think a lot of people are, ask, are, are asking. Nonetheless, that was last week, and now we get news that a human rights lawyer is taking the Trudeau government to court to force the Prime Minister and Justice Minister Lametti to hire these judges. And so they'll go into the courts, hoping that a judge will say, hire them now. Apparently, Lametti says, look, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm just trying to find these diverse candidates. Well, when you've got vacancies in this country of a judge not sitting on a bench for 18 months, we got big, big, big problems. Maybe Mr. Lametti can't be so picky and just get the qualified judges. There are lots of qualified people out there. Hire them. Yavar Hamid is an Ottawa human rights lawyer representing a lot of low-income and marginalized individuals, nonprofit groups. These are the groups that do get impacted the most. He joins us now. Good to have you. Hi. Good morning, Alex. All right, this is, this is not a new problem. I mean, I worked courts for years, and there were delays and problems and issues. But for whatever reason, uh, there just does not seem any urgency to get these positions filled. Why is that? Why do you think? I mean, that's really the, the, the fundamental question here, that the, the, the public is, is losing confidence in the system. Um, the, the, the question of appointment is, is a political one, and it's not a transparent one. What what we're trying to do with this court application to the federal court is to force this debate into um, a forum where we can actually understand it. So the questions, just as you frame them, mm-hmm. are the are the right questions. We need to, this process to happen faster, more efficiently. But because it's it's political, because the 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 minister is making the decision behind closed doors. We don't know what the holdup is. So part of the 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 push here is to have a transparent process and to see like are are there actually justifiable reasons for these delays? Yeah, because the minister and they've had a lot of problems. You know, they're trying to come up with these bail reforms. He's dragging his feet again, but they're trying to re you know undo and and fix what what has been broken. Um, but there's no urgency because he can fix all the bail reforms he wants. If you've got no judges on the bench and cases are getting thrown out, like there's just so many things to fix in, in the courts. But the, but the judges you know, being filled is a big one. And they've got plenty of time to do it. They've got more than you know, six months to, to find qualified candidates. Um, but to, to me, there's absolutely no excuse to have a bench left open for 18 months because you know, if this goes on much longer, reading some of the stories that we're hearing – uh, this is the whole system's going to buckle because we also have a shortage of clerks. There's all sorts of other issues that are now domino affecting the whole system. Well, this is this is precisely right because, as you say, like we're not asking our application like do, do fill these vacancies tomorrow. We know that there's there's a six month you know window often given when when an, uh, you know a vacancy is going to come up. So that's lead time. But but what we see is as compared to 2016, when there were 46 judicial vacancies, now, as you say, we're basically at 79. So almost double of that. 
uh, in the span of about seven years. The problem is just being compounded. And, and, and as you note, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court has actually reached out to the Prime Minister, and that's unprecedented mm-hmm. in the sense that this access to justice issue is so profound that the courts are actually politely saying to government, you know, mm-hmm. what are you doing here? And so we're actually putting this this question to the courts themselves to say, like, are you going to make good on what your obligation is um, under Section 96 of the Constitution Act? Because there is a positive duty to fill these vacancies. Yeah, because there are there are there are a lot of implications. Not only um, do these cases get dragged out to the point of getting tossed out, it adds on a whole lot of extra costs. If you're, you know, um, you know, whether you're getting your your lawyer paid for um, through the taxpayer and or you're paying your own lawyer, these fees just they add up. Um, for people who can't really afford those costs. And then you've got all these other issues with the, the other side of this. You've got victims of crime who are being dragged through a, a very unkind system at the best of times, but their matters are being dragged out, adding more stress, um, adding more stress to witnesses. And again, if their cases get tossed out, there, there's a devastation. There's a, a trauma that also uh, impacts them. A hundred percent. I mean, we we had a court coming up to the Superior Court of Justice here in Ontario in the fall, and it was just cancelled. And the reason given quite quite uh, pointedly was that there were just not enough judicial resources. And that was just unacceptable. This was an employment dispute where our client, you know, was suffering from post-traumatic stress. It's a hard thing to have to testify as a plaintiff and to have the whole process adjourned just because there there aren't any judges. It has real intangible impacts, not only for the hearing, but mm-hmm. also if there are not enough judges, there's too much workload to yeah. be able to render decisions in a timely fashion. Not to mention, you know, having to have judges called into other cases to see which one gets tossed out uh, and doesn't. I mean, it's it's not a position anybody wants to be in, uh, but that that's what we've come to. It's like, pick your case, which one's going to get tossed, which one's going to get heard, and it's it's... Not, not fair. Having said all that, how quickly can you get this uh, particular application in front of a judge? I, I'm, I'm sure one will make themselves available, I hope. Yeah, I mean, they, these things, uh, as they go, they, they, they typically take about three to six months to, mm. to get before uh, a federal judge. I don't know if, if, it, if it can be or, or will be expedited. But as you say, the issue is of real importance. I think that, you know, the, the bench recognizes it and we recognize the, the work of, of judges. They're just they're, they're just overburdened. So I'm hopeful that, um, you know, the judges will see the importance of this. We'll be able to get this on quickly. And, you know, in the process, we're going to see an explanation through affidavit evidence or through a response from the minister as to, to why these delays are happening. Well, he says he's looking for these diverse candidates, which tells me either they're looking for the right political side or they're looking for the perfect judge, which doesn't exist. There are many, many qualified people to go on the bench, but are they being picky for all the wrong reasons? Like, again, they're hurting people that they say they care about, the middle class, the lower class, whatever. Um, again, there, there are consequences to these decisions. And, and frankly, they've had eight years to get this done. And so this very much does rest at their feet. Exactly. And we don't want to frustrate the process. There are, you know, certain hurdles to jump through in terms of finding those those diverse candidates. But as you say, at a certain point in time, it is fundamentally undermining the, the, the confidence in our system. And if, yeah. when the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court says that, yeah. I mean, it's, we, we have to recognize it. All right. Well, I saw the headline and I certainly uh, heard the uh, the comments of Justice Wagner last week and I thought, OK, here we go, because uh, we have been talking about it. So I'll keep my eye on this and let us know if uh, hopefully you get in faster than, um, than sooner than later. I appreciate your time.
Thank you so much. Yaber Hamid, uh, doing the work that uh, should really have to be done. I got to be honest. The, the federal government should be awfully embarrassed, if not ashamed, um, of themselves for allowing this to happen because it should not have happened. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.